Hello, my name is Dylan, and this is the Heroes of Reality podcast, a place where I interview heroes of reality, of life, science, technology, and more, and I share the stories, lessons, journeys, inspiring you to be the hero of your reality. And on today's podcast, I interview Ben Moreland. He is an entrepreneur. He owns the Be More Gym. He also helps people with developing their online social media presence, whether you're a large company or you're a small business trying to find a, a, an identity online. He helps you develop those avatars. We go deep in the areas of gaming and psychology and avatar building, skill trees that you need to develop to be an entrepreneur, the psychological hacks and tricks you need to do to get past your own fear, paralysis by analysis, and limited beliefs by building up daily momentums and patterns. We talk about what does it really take to develop that self-confidence while balancing out with the inner critic of I'm not good enough. And so it was a whole wide range of topics, but excellent and super exciting. So without any further ado, let me present Ben Moreland. Three. Hey, Ben. Welcome, man. What's going on? Glad to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Um, I would love to just talk about a little bit of your background to get kind of get started. Um, you are an entrepreneur. Um, what do you do in the game of entrepreneurship? Yeah, let's dive right into it. So... I'm the type of entrepreneur I've always got at least five things going. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that most people know me from is social media. Mm -hmm. um, we do a lot of content creation for different brands, um, bringing visibility to them. And because of that, our, our real first thing that my wife and I kicked off was fitness. Mm -hmm. So we've opened a gym. We have a gym here with a staff of a bunch of great trainers. And then I was just looking for the next challenging thing to add to the mix. So with my experience, in social media, we started a consulting company. So my friend Eric and I have a consultancy where we help bigger brands find their voice on social media. And then we take social media stars and we put products and brands behind their name. Oh, that's beautiful. So you make sure that there is a right alignment and fit to the social media influencer with uh, the big brand that has a product they want to promote. Yeah, uh, actually that would be more the role of like an agent or something or a, like a broker. So more so we find manufacturers to make custom product lines for the influencers. So yourself, if you came out and you said like you wanted to make your own custom set of headphones, I would go source a factory that would make those for you and we would brand them with your personal brand and then bring that to market together. Oh, that's awesome. In the, in the world of uh social media, I mean, what is the, the game you feel entrepreneurs play in social media? What, like, how do they earn points? How do they level up? What does that look like? Yeah, so, I mean, if throwing it into game terms, there's different classes you can pick, right? And yeah. then each class is going to have different skill trees. You work your way down as you go. So one obvious one is to become an influencer yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you see a lot of motivational influencers, right? The mm -hmm. guys that get up and they are their own product and they're telling you how to become a more successful businessman, entrepreneur. Maybe they're gonna tell you how to be an influencer and they're gonna sell you their course or get you to come to their event, read their book. Uh -huh. So that's one route you can go down. Uh, the other route would be you are going to develop businesses, right? So you reach out to those big brands that are out there existing and you show them, hey, here's this untapped market of social media that you haven't touched yet. And if you don't figure it out, you're gonna go the way of the dinosaur. You're gonna be too slow to adapt. Someone younger and faster is gonna outcompete you and you're gonna, you're gonna die and they're gonna scavenge your corpse. So let us 
accelerate things for you and bring you into that new era. I just instinctively started switching into a sales pitch from <laughs> describing it. But that's that's really a big part of what I do. Um, and then I guess the other part that entrepreneurs do would be launch a product and then find influencers on social media to promote it for them. Got it. So there's multiple ways to kind of go up that skill tree or the different skills trees, one being more of a support role. Hey, um, uh, where are you at? Let me help power level you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one could be the fact that you're already at a certain level. Let me let me bring you over to a whole nother set. Like you're amazing in uh, physical spaces or product development, but I'm, I'm gonna bring you into the realm of social media. So here's a path for you to follow that's, that's the easiest, most frictionless path that we've helped discover or create. Exactly. Trailblazer. That's very yeah. cool. That's very cool. With with that, with the whole like social media rounds and all that, you is there um, a way to help identify, I guess, people's inherent skills? Like, do you have a way that you 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 meet them and you go, okay, mm. where are you at? Where do you want to get to? Or what's that discovery process look like uh, to help uncover their real needs? Yeah. So finding someone's strengths and weaknesses. I mean, that's a skill in itself. And when you when you level that up and you can quickly ask a series of questions that help you define someone, like what are your pain points? Where where do you need someone else to come in? What are your weaknesses that we can augment? Or what are your strengths that we can amplify? Um, I wish there was an easy playbook there, but like you just have to grind and get experience and level up. So much of it is, uh, uh, well, uh, intuitive for the people that have done it, and it's very hard to describe it. You can't just write it down and say ABC because you need to understand the person and kind of create your own custom design dungeon master roadmap for them to follow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And I feel like there's this thing. I, I'm sure there's a name for it. I, it's not the Dunning Kruger effect, but there's an, a sense of if it's easy for me, then it must be easy for everyone. So no one ever values what they bring to the table. Mm. Right. If you're really great at something, you just assume it's easy. It's like, well, no, Dylan, you're just a freak and you're really, really great at this thing. And it's not that easy for everyone else. So um, finding those people with that special talent and showing them that, hey, what you have here is special. Let's capitalize on it. That's amazing. It's almost like you're looking at them as if they're an avatar and you're like, hey, let me help you understand and inspect you to say these are actually your real skills, your points and the way that you can kind of bring a lot of value to the table, primarily online in the digital space. Yes. That's incredible. Now, you said when you first got into fitness, like, I mean, what, what led you onto the path of fitness to get started with? Did you, did you just realize you had an inherent skill at that and then were you reflected on that back or what, what led you down that path? Yeah, that, that's a question I get a lot. Like, when did you start working out? How did you get into fitness? Actually, I don't remember a time that I wasn't at some level involved in fitness. Um, my parents threw me into swim lessons when I was like, three years old. And by four years old, I was on a swim team. Oh, wow. And from four years old on, I can't remember a time growing up. I wasn't on some kind of team, whether it was basketball, track, wrestling, something. I was always playing a sport and the competitiveness of it and the drive to get just a little bit better, um, bit me early. I got hooked. And then I was always chasing the, what else can I do to make myself better? So training outside of season, cross training, doing other sports, um, reading to develop better strategies, maybe develop a better mindset. Um, all those different things. I got started real early. That's incredible. So, I mean, you were on that journey at a young age. Now, do you you feel like the, the fitness path helped you 
uh, discover a certain level of confidence in yourself to be able to overcome certain challenges and then you were able to cross that over into other spaces like the digital space? Yeah. Um, so one of the things fitness taught me early on is if you are more stubborn and willing to suffer than other people, you can actually beat someone that's way better than you are. Mm. Um, so one of the areas I first had my early success was in distance running. Uh-huh. And I don't think it's because I had like a natural predisposition to be a good distance runner. Yeah. I was just more willing to hurt for longer than the person next to me. So it's a, it, the game is willingness to suffer. Yeah. And if you can expand your ability to suffer, then you're going to achieve more. Was there a moment like when you're doing long distance running where you understood that you were willing to suffer or, you know, I guess, is there a, a, a moment in time that lets you realize that, oh, the, the name of the game is suffering? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple moments where when you're doing something monotonous, like just running for a really long time, you have a lot of time to talk to yourself inside your head. The demons in your head get a really clear, loud voice. And you have like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And they're both talking yeah. in your ear. And one is saying, Ben, you got to stop. Like your your lungs are burning. Um, this isn't good. You're, you're going to die. You're going to fall down. Um, and then you have another voice on the other shoulder who's like, don't you dare give up. I will kill you <laughs> if you don't push yourself. And then so there's this inner dialogue. And you're like, which, which me is the real me? There's all these uh-huh. different voices that have these different opinions. Which one's in the driver's seat? So then you have to choose to kind of silence that bitch voice mm-hmm. and say, sit down and shut up. You're not in control. I'm not going to give in to these excuses that I'm making for myself. I'm actually going to push myself and, and go down the hard road because I know it's worth it. Oh, that's amazing. And that's served me so well in business. And sometimes I get away from it and I have to bring myself back around to it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, in terms of bringing yourself around, I mean, do you do certain types of buffs to be, you know, everyone has moments of, of weakness or doubt or frustration, what those things mean? I mean, what you said right there, I mean, is that the actual mantra that you run through or do you have a way that through, you know, you wake in the morning and you do a meditation saying that I can do this and the little engine that could or what, what does that look like for you on a daily basis? Yeah. So I've never got hooked on like affirmations, like waking up and looking in the mirror and, and telling myself I can do it, but I'm a big believer in doing hard things because they're hard. Mm. Um, a buddy of mine, he's actually uh, kind of my boss and, and a friend is Andy Frisilla. Mm-hmm. And he's got a big entrepreneurship podcast. And he just rolled out a program last year he calls 75 Hard. And it's a really boring, simple list of five tasks that you have to do every day for 75 days without messing up. And it's to teach you mental toughness. Oh, wow. And so once he did that, I kind of, I was like, wow, this is a guy taking something that's like a lesson that I learned by accident, sort of. And he, he put it together and codified it and told business people and entrepreneurs to go do it. And it's really simple. It's drink a gallon of water every day, uh-huh. work out for 45 minutes, work out outside for 45 minutes, follow a diet and take a progress picture. It's five simple steps every day, very easy, but you have to do it every single day for 75 days without messing up. And let me tell you, there's days where you're not paying attention to your water jug and all of a sudden you've got half a gallon of water to drink and it's bedtime already. So then the voice starts to make excuses. Well, you know, you tried real hard. Um, You know, maybe it's, it's not a big deal. 
Yeah. But if you mess up, you, you start over on day one. There's no excuses. There's no bending the rules. So then it's like, well, okay, it looks like I'm going to stay up and chug this water. Or, you know, oh, the weather's really bad. Or, I mean, I turned my ankle. I really don't want to go for a run outside today. No, just tell that voice to shut up and find a way to do it. Is there a certain level of effort you have to exert with that 45 minutes of working out or outside? I mean, do you have to have a heart rate monitor and get above X amount of beats? Or is it just, I could, I could walk around in circles for 45 minutes. Is there an exertion level? So there's not a prescribed exertion level, but there is a implied if you're cheating and you feel like you're cheating, you probably are, right? Like <laughs> yeah. hold yourself to a higher standard because because that's half of what the program is. And I feel like that's a tool that he passed to me that was like, it's something I'd already done. Mm. But having him put it into a set of rules just made it harder and more clear. And because it was harder, it was actually better. Wow. It, what's really interesting about that is I've noticed with a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, we all have mental models. In our mind, we are playing certain mini games. And with the mini games that we're playing, you know, you know, I, I've got to do this. I've, you know, I've got to tell my, my weaker self to be quiet. I've got to do this. But it's, it's never really articulated in a sense. And it's never really, it's brought out of your mental model into a public space. And then it, it takes real effort and, and skill to be able to actually reflect and awareness to reflect back says okay this is actually what's working for me i'm gonna bring this mm-hmm. out of here and then and then the the real challenge of being able to teach that to other people now that skill set do you think what i'm curious about is what are in in either the areas of um, um physical fitness personal development or entrepreneurship um choose your own adventure on this one where, what are some of the games that uh, people get lost in the weeds and they spend their time on that aren't really effective? It, it's these little mini grind tests that don't really actually earn them any experience points. Yeah, I think, I think the big one is over planning, oh, right? Okay. Uh, paralysis by over analysis, mm. where people want a perfect plan before they start to implement anything. And really, you're almost better off just moving forward, like grinding for that first little bit of experience, right? Before you map out each. I don't know, fight each battle that you're going to conquer and how you're going to do and maybe having your whole skill tree specked out before you, (laughs) you know, before you finish all the fetch quests at the start. But actually, like, just get moving forward. Take that first step. Get some momentum on your side. Got Yeah. So it's like being level one and then planning out what you're going to allocate with your points at level 99. Yeah. I mean, and it's great because. When you're playing a game, that's really, really important sometimes. The, The early mistakes that you make can make you weaker in the long run. But in life, whether it's business, entrepreneurship, uh, physical fitness, there's going to be stumbling blocks. There's going to be hurdles. There's going to be problems you encounter. And no matter how much planning you do, you're not going to completely eliminate those problems. So the faster you get to the problem and hit it, you can identify it and figure out if you're going to go around it, over it, under it, through it. But if you're sitting at the starting line waiting and planning, sometimes the problems are too far out in the distance. You can't see them yet. Mm -hmm. You've got to start moving forward to really identify what they are and what they're going to be. So then is there a cadence? So you start something new, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, a new game, uh, 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 you're entering a new area, uh, and you know nothing about it. How much do you plan in the beginning versus just getting started or do you get started mess things up and then stop and then plan because sometimes 
what whatever you're doing in the space, you you sometimes wander and drift, and mm-hmm. then you look back and you realize. Um, I, w- I wanted to go in this direction, but I am way off course. So how do you how do you manage the 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 being both the dungeon master and the player in the game as you're moving through this? Yeah. So there's the ideal self. There's the one that I would like to be, and then I would like to tell you is me. And then there's the real me that does things in real life. Fair. And I a lot of times spend too much time planning. Fear of failure, fear of doing something wrong, makes me hesitant. So I'd like to say that I just charge in and I hunt for that first problem and try and tackle it and just learn on the go. But in reality, you know, there is a fair amount of, of research I do up front because it is great to be able to learn from other people's mistakes yeah. so you don't have to make them for yourself. Um, I try to consume as much as I can, whether it's listening to podcasts, to learn from other people's experiences, reading books, um, consulting people that have been there before. Hopefully there's someone in my network that's been down that road or they know someone so that you can play those degrees of separation right and you can reach out and find someone with more experience than yourself and then it's just getting forward um getting some momentum on your side so a question i get a lot is and this is whether it's business or fitness is how do you stay motivated Mm -hmm. and i tell people you don't stay motivated and really at the end of the day motivation is not important Mm -hmm. like fuck motivation doesn't matter Momentum is far more important than motivation. So if I've worked out five times a week for the last five weeks, I'm not going to let this week be the week that I only work out twice, right? I've got some momentum on my side. I want to keep going with it. Sure. Um, same thing with your business or same thing with your, your new endeavor. Like, how do you stay motivated to keep going? I, don't, I just keep going. I, have, I can't stop. And you you don't allow yourself to you put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. Keep the streak alive. Yeah. Keep the streak alive. Yeah. Notice that the um, the the mental toughness and then specifically that fear, where you have that sensation in your body that I can't do this thing or you're stuck because you're using um, analysis as a, as a way to avoid doing the hard work. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, is there a trigger or a mechanism? Do you phone a friend? Do you announce it on social media? How do you how do you overcome that that fear dragon? Definitely. And you just brought up you brought up some great ones. So when you put something on social media, now you've just like made yourself accountable, right? You've got to follow through or you're going to be publicly embarrassed for not doing it. Um, so that can definitely help. As far as a trigger, mm-hmm. I think going back to what I said about when you're you're running long distance and you get that little like the bitch voice in the back of your head. Yeah. Um, when that voice starts talking, I use that as my trigger to go harder. Um, so, and this has been from junior high on, I guess. When I start running up like a big hill and my legs start burning and my lungs start burning, and that voice says, oh, you got to slow down. You got to stop. The other voice in my head goes, hey, if this guy over here is complaining, think about the voice in everyone else's head right now. Everyone else is hurting too. So this is time for you to put your foot on the gas pedal and break everyone. If everyone else is hurting and they see you kick it up to the next gear and start charging up the hill ahead of them, they're going to mentally break and then you don't even have to fight them anymore. They're just going to concede that you're stronger than they are and they don't know how bad you're dying and hurting on the inside. They just see you pulling away from them. Oh, that's super interesting. It's almost like a like a double reflection. You're looking at yourself and you're, and you're using your fear as the trigger mm. and you're able to reflect back and go, okay, and you're using this kind of innate 
social pressure going, okay, if this is how I feel, then everybody else must feel this way, and I'm going to overcome them because I want to break them, in, in a sense. Yeah. Then for your own personal um, satisfaction. Wow. Now, let's just say that's happened with somebody, because you talk about putting people on social media, and there's sometimes fear uh, to actually you know, put themselves out there on social media. Oh, yeah, and definitely. So there's lots of analysis. I've got to find the right hashtags or the right things. Or how do you get people to start taking momentum in that space where they, where they, they have that process by analysis? Is there a 75-day of social media streaks, or is there some yeah. other pattern? So planning can be helpful, mm-hmm. definitely, but committing to a schedule and sticking to it is probably even more important. So for someone just trying to start out and build their social media, I would say consistency is key. Post mm-hmm. once a day, every single day for a month. Commit yourself to it. And you know what? Some days you're not going to have a great caption. You're brain dead. You don't have a good photo. You got to post anyway. It's it's day 13. Are you going to stop and start over again? Like get that 14th post up so then it starts to put homework in front of you like always have a couple posts in your back pocket right do a content day shoot five different photos and think about the message that you want to tell and load those up ahead of time so that when you hit that day where you're not inspired or you don't have content you can reach into that back pocket and pull out something good that's already waiting for you wow that's incredible was there a moment, um, whether in social media or in your other businesses, um, where, you, where you felt like you, you faced the dragon, something you mm. couldn't overcome, and then you were able to level up past that? Okay, so facing something I couldn't overcome. I don't know if I've had that problem, mm-hmm. but um, I don't see, know, something where you, where you had to like run away and come back when you were stronger, right? I, I see where you're going with this question. Every time I, I face a problem, I, I guess I just grind against it until either I break it down or climb over it or find a way to slip around it. Um, I've never had a go backwards and come back later kind of moment. Um, but let me think of a good example sure. somewhere for you here. Yeah, well, part of that is generally when you, you fight the, you know, you go through and you battle threshold guardians along your way, right? Mm-hmm. And when you go battle against the giant in boss or the dragon, as it were, um, it generally takes not only everything you have or think you have, but beyond that. And so you have a point where they call the belly of the whale. You feel like you're gonna die because you don't think you can overcome it, but through some sort of deep, innate will, grinding, stick you're able to overcome that and then actually become more than you thought you were. Mm. And so didn't know if there's any moments along that way. Now sometimes, um, usually along the path before then, if you get your butt kicked by a, a, a guardian of sorts, you will go away to a, a mentor, a guy who will give you some sort of weapon, tool, magic ability, knowledge that you can then bring back and do battle with. So on either of those fates, have you ever had moments in your career that, that something like that has happened with you? Yeah, I think I think that second description is something that's happened frequently to me. Um, and again, if we can go in game terms, I run off into the area full of high level mobs and I'm just not ready right and i go oh no what am i doing here this isn't safe but i gotta figure it out so then uh you start kiting around and you're you're running (laughs) and you're you're just trying to buy time and survive and you're you're dming everyone you're like hey help i gotta i gotta figure this out so so that's where like having a strong network comes in especially of mentors like 
you can reach out to someone who's done it before and they can at least tell you how they've done it, give you a game plan, and then you can kind of wield that like a weapon to quickly level up and, and get there. But there's so many times where I feel like I've I've jumped in the deep end of the pool and I can't touch the bottom and I just have to like, I don't know, build a boat while I'm floating there, I guess, yeah. you know? It reminds me of Leroy Jenkins. I don't know that Of chart. course, yeah. of course, yeah. <laughs> that didn't end so well for him. <laughs> Not so much, but I imagine, guys, help me, I pulled all these monsters. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So you have a tendency, I would say, a habit or a pattern to actually bite off more than you think you can chew, and then just yes. knowing you have confidence in yourself to figure it out along the way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, and it's scary, and it's stressful, and then you get uh, pain in your stomach, and you can't sleep, and you're, you're, again, consuming as much information as you can to hopefully find the the key that unlocks that next level, right? Yeah. Or, um, the find the the weakness of that boss. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't ever run from the fight. I guess I just get into it and then look for things to make me stronger. Beautiful. Uh, on this journey of you know entrepreneurship and, and leveling up, um, you know what's the holy grail you're seeking? I mean, what's the what's this the end game that you're you're looking to achieve? So my gym is called Be More Athletics, and really the cornerstone of that is be more than you were yesterday. So there is no real end game. It's a mm. constant improvement of, I always want to be 1% better than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean like 1% stronger. Like I want to add one pound to my bench press, right? But but I do want to keep improving myself in some facet every day. And if I hit a plateau in one area, like strength, um, maybe I realize, okay, I've plateaued in strength and me putting my effort into getting stronger right now is not the best use of my resources. Maybe I can focus on getting better endurance, or maybe I stop focusing on strength and endurance and I focus on health or Mm. diet or my mental state or something else, but never being satisfied and constantly looking to level up and improve just 1% in some direction, not always straightforward can be left, right, up, down, but always moving forward every single day. Got it. So you're, if you feel like you, you, you can't, you know, spam that button because it's a cool down on it, you're going to mm. shift over to a, another skill that you can work on. You can level up because, Hey, well that clock's ticking on the cool down. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to focus on this. Definitely. Yeah. What mentors do you think, whether in person or virtual via podcast mm-hmm. have had the most impact on you? Like what lessons have you got from those mentors? Yeah. Boy, I should have prepared myself by thinking through this. Um, the mentors that have had the most impact on me. Or the ones that are coming top of mind. Yeah. So I, I already brought up Andy Frisilla uh, a little bit ago, and he's been a great mentor. Um, as far as someone that's done it and is doing it mm-hmm. um, and leading by example. And it's it's not flashy, I guess. Um it's, it's just simply showing that persistence and hard work will get you somewhere if you do it over and over again. Uh, so, so he's been a big mentor in that particular area. Um, That's so hard when you know, people see people that are incredibly fit and they're like, you know, what's the secret? And you're like, consistent diet and exercise, <laughs> yeah. which is super hard to see everyone wants a magic bullet, right? They want like, Oh, well all you have to do is 
only eat salmon on Thursdays and do this workout with uh, whatever they just yeah. want they want it to be a secret they don't want it to be consistently diet and exercise yeah well humans um one of my beliefs are we love progress but we we hate the grind so we so one of our favorite things ever is the montage right because you get to watch a 30 second clip of some guy leveling up over six to nine months of work and you realize oh wow i just I just power leveled through this and there was no effort on my part. We, right. We, we want, mm. everyone wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah. I mean, how do you switch that mindset around for people that, you know, they, they come to your gym, they, they, they want this, but they, they don't have that di- discipline. They don't have that, that mentality. Can you, do you make it a game for them or do you, do you put them on that 75? Uh, definitely. Well, gamifying it. Mm. Definitely. Like, mm. Because, like I said, uh, momentum is far more important, th- far more important than motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone only exercises and diets when they feel like it, you're not going to get very far. Especially if you're already in bad shape, you have shown that your natural tendencies are not towards fitness. Yeah. So making it a challenge to them, putting like a 30-day program in front of them, and something as simple as printing out a calendar on a sheet of paper and letting them put a big red X through every day that they work out and collect the X's is massively powerful. Because when you cross something off, you feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, a big thing I've found with business that's kind of similar to that is when you're doing things on your checklist, one, create a checklist, first of all, and two, don't erase things on your checklist. Either cross them out or mm. check them off so that you feel yourself picking up momentum. Um, when I was first opening the gym, it was very, very overwhelming, the number of tasks I had to do and all the things I had to do. And I felt like I was drowning almost. Like there was just so many things I didn't know. And you'd finish the day and you'd do 20 things, but there was 400 things waiting for you. So you felt like you made no dent at all. So I started writing out a list and crossing it off. And it'd be something simple like, go to Home Depot and buy paint. Go to Target and buy Clorox wipes. You go to the store and buy dry erase markers. Call the city about getting a trash can. Like little things, but by accomplishing them and crossing them off, you you start picking up momentum. Things start to roll forward. Mm-hmm. You start to have a flow. And then you start to get confident. You feel, you know what? I did six important things today. I didn't waste my time. I'm I'm making progress towards that end goal. Do you think it's more important or uh, more of an impact to have a physical checklist to write off versus some sort of digital app that has it for you? Do you know, is there, is it yeah. more visceral or what's, because yeah, you said so, print up a list versus keep an online calendar. I do think that there's something about physical, tangible, like grabbing the marker and slashing it through something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is digital, I think we tend to delete that much easier, right? Like you highlight the line item and delete that cell. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel like there is something to physically do it, but I never realized I thought that until you brought it up right now. Okay. Well, I was just curious because you talked about printing it up versus, oh, well, we'll keep it on some I don't know, Google calendar or something. Yeah. So I was just, I was just curious about that, that mindset. So um, you went from coaching um, people in the physical fitness space to coaching people in the digital space. Yes. Right. Do you, do you see uh, an evolution of you coaching people in another space after that? Or do you, do you have like a long, long long-term vision within the digital space? Because you're talking about leveling people up. 
uh, with the Be More Gym. Yeah. What about? So with the gym, it's it's my passion project. It's what I love. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to open a gym. I get to help people. I get to see their transformations, see their smiles, get great big hugs. um, And that's really cool. But a gym is in one physical location. So it's inherently limited with the number of people that I can reach out to and I can help. So the big push there is bringing that to a digital space, like online training programs. But there's not that same connection, that same interaction there. It doesn't feel quite as rewarding. Mm -hmm. But I know that's the next direction I need to go. I need to level up there and build that platform and extend my reach that way. And also to all the entrepreneurs out there that are listening, like really pay attention to not just brick and mortar businesses, which are great for like a headquarters or like a, a flag, a home base. But if you're really trying to make a lot of money, you have to go online because then your clients go from a 20 mile radius to the planet. Um, anyone with an internet connection could be a potential client. So it's a complete game changer. Mm. That, yeah, that shift from, from physical to digital. Do you, um, how do you feel about like, like the Pelotons and those types of things that kind of have that, or the orange theories that kind of have that, uh, physical locations that have been all competing like digitally online is there i think that's a great idea i think that's really cool um making something competitive or gamifying it is massively motivating to people Mm. because you and i may not be able to train at the same time or at the same place but if we're friends and we have that healthy rivalry it's going to bring out the best in both of us and it goes back to consistency too if i see that dylan made his workout i'm not going to miss mine Right. I've got to, I can't let you pull ahead of me. I got to do it too. I'm going to do two. I'm going to double up today. So having that is super, super valuable to keep people training hard and pushing themselves. That's awesome. What it makes me think about is two things. One, um, a friend of mine used to always say, you will go an inch out of your way for something good for yourself and you will go a mile out of your way to mess with a friend. Completely. That's a hundred percent true every time. And secondly, what are your thoughts what would it look like to you if you were to design a uh, social media version of that orange theory, but for people you're trying to help in the digital space? Mm. Is there something like that that would work? Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you rephrase the question? Yeah, there? Let me try yeah. it again. So with orange theory or these other mm. places, you have a personal, you have a fitness app on some sort of biometric device and you're all competing against each other, you know, online could be locally or globally Mm. that you know you and your friends can all see your scores next to each other and you're now competing with each other for your physical fitness what about that is there a social media version of that where people are then competing against their friends for some sort of social media fitness in terms of helping people yeah you know there's not yet but that that sounds great that sounds like a really great idea i think crossfit's done a lot of that Mm. by making standardized workouts and then passing them out to everybody within their network so that you and I can be on opposite sides of the planet and compare our results on a particular workout. Um, You brought up Orange Theory. I know they use heart rate monitors and like Mm -hmm. maintaining time in a certain threshold. That's another completely different way to compete rather than either an elapsed time or like a max poundage or Mm -hmm. whatever category. Um, There's so many different criteria that you could compete on that I think you really would have to find 
different ones for different people, right? And then maybe, I don't know if those would all fit on the same platform or if you would have different ones that people are into. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's super interesting though. I do know like uh, a lot of the fitness bands mm-hmm. um, will put up like how many calories you've burned and you can link with your friends and keep track of who's burning more calories each day. And again, it gets competitive and fun. Yeah, I've seen things like that, not only in the, you know, with the traditional gym equipment and biofeedback devices, I've also seen that with virtual reality. Um, companies like uh, Black Box VR Fitness, you put on a VR headset and you have like a, you know, a, you're pressing weights and every time you press a weight, you're shooting um, uh, an object at someone else and then they have to oh, press awesome. weight back and you guys go and challenge each other for that. And so I, I, that makes sense as an evolution in that space. So I was just thinking in terms of if the social competitiveness has a tendency to have you defocus on yourself because you're now competing against other people and that mm-hmm. kind of removes the uh, fear of yourself, the the limitations, and also you have that internal reflection of if they're suffering, then this must be a great time for me to shine. I was just wondering if you could take that same concept in terms of social media, whether it's a post challenge or it's um, um, ability to yeah. stay consistent in some other means of you know what, what would those digital reps look like? And it was just, it seems like you, you are both a, you've gone around the arch on um, through the hero's journey of not only you know going past and leveling up and battling the dragon but you you've, you've gone to the mentor stage where other people are now going to you to be that old hermit in the cave you know for fitness and for social media and then there's pressure on you once you reach the mentor stage right like mm-hmm. you are responsible for these people mm-hmm. so so the pressure of that leadership role forces me to be even better mm. um, and I, I embrace the pressure I embrace you know it's I don't know if this is a dichotomy or hypocrisy it's falls somewhere between the two uh-huh. I preach a very positive message like be motivated from inside yourself and do it for you and then be happy and be good but a lot of the the strength that I get comes from negative things and I use negative things to fuel me I love it when people tell me I can't do something or I'm yeah. going to fail. I love people cheering for me to lose because that just lights this massive fire in me to win. I love when I'm scared or I feel weak mm-hmm. because that's a moment I know I need to overcome something and push harder. So you meant to mention mental pivots or like a trigger. Um, feeling afraid or difficult lets me know I'm trying something that's hard and I need to keep trying harder. Mm-hmm. There's a real strong urge to turn your back and run or drop into the fetal position and quit. Um, and then you die, right? Like you got to know if you if you stop fighting back when the dragon is bearing down on you, uh, you're just going to burn through all your hit points and you die and you wake up in the respawn point and all your gear is gone and like you dropped a bunch of levels and it's just it's just not good, right? <laughs> yeah. So I channel a lot of negative stuff into action. Mm. Um, and I think that's maybe something I should talk about more and expose a little bit more when I'm speaking to people is it's not that you don't have those feelings like they're you just turn them into good ones. You turn them into mm-hmm. useful ones, maybe not good ones, but useful ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends I've had on the, the podcast uh, recently, um, one of his beliefs, and I'd love to talk to you about this, is he believes in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you almost have to have a psychosis. You almost have to be perpetually unhappy as a form of <laughs> momentum to keep you forward. How do you, how do you balance out the, uh, you know, positive beliefs along with that negative energy without letting that negative energy 
overtake you to the point to where you become a neurotic or have a, a actual negative deficit on yourself? How do you yeah, limit that's, that? Because that's a danger. And I've, I've run into a lot of other people that have that, mm-hmm. where they're constantly unhappy and chasing something. Um, I don't think I share that same unhappiness, but maybe I have a little bit of an insecurity that uh, I don't ever feel good enough. So I'm constantly, it's not that I'm unhappy with where I'm at, because I'm very happy with where I'm at and Mm. I enjoy my life a lot. But I do have an insecurity that I'm not good enough Mm. and I need to level up my skills. I need to get better. Um, Some people call it imposter syndrome, right? You have this feeling that you're gonna be exposed. As as much as you've done, as many credits as you have, that's all could be taken away in a second. So you need to keep honing your skills. You need to keep leveling up, getting sharper, getting smarter, getting stronger. So yeah, so it's not that I'm unhappy with my current situation. It's just that I want to be better than I was yesterday. Going back to that be more, like I, I constantly strive to be smarter and better prepared and more versatile. So not, not just stronger in one direction, but maybe adding more legs to my table. So if one of them gets knocked off i'm still stable i don't fall down yeah that's an interesting uh dichotomy one of my beliefs that i believe is that the 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 truest truths are are (laughs) is being able to actually hold two opposing thoughts in your mind at the same time and the whole thing like uh, i think i've said this before but you know i am i am as grand as the cosmos i'm connected but i'm also insignificant as a worm and both those things are true at the same time yes now one thing that I'm hearing from you is that you have both this unbelievable faith in yourself that you're gonna figure it out and you'll step and kite those giant monsters but at the same time you feel like you're not good enough mm, right yeah so how do you like how do you I, I'm, I'm trying to understand how you've been able to balance those two things at the same time fear and fearlessness at the same yes. time right that's really interesting until you highlighted it, I didn't realize that about myself um, I think fear to some degree stride makes us move forward Mm -hmm. we keep making strides forward because we want to be stronger better faster whatever that is um but my track record of overcoming things gives me confidence that even that next scary thing that's in front of me as long as i keep making myself better every day i'll eventually be able to overcome it so there's no reason to run from it now because it's kind of an indeterminate point in the future when I'll be strong enough to tackle it. So let's just go lock horns with it and see see where we stack up and how much stronger we need to get, <laughs> I guess. That's interesting. So you're almost projecting your, your, you know that you will level up and your ability to do it, you know, you have an, uh, an affinity, if you would, to being able to evolve. And so you know right now at your current state, you may not be there, but you you have a belief that you have an affinity to figure it out along the way. And so you're willing to do it because you know you've done it before. Yeah. It's interesting. Like never stop grinding. Like you keep doing the side quests, keep keep looking for the next item upgrade, you know, grab a little bit of extra experience. Doesn't matter if you feel like it's easy now. Like mm-hmm. there could be something else coming down the pipeline. You don't know. So that fear keeps me sharp, keeps me moving forward. Yeah. But I'm not afraid. Whatever whatever I encounter, I'll find an answer. Wow. What you know, being the a mentor that you are and starting out, I mean, I mean, what messages would you give out to, you know, young adventurers that are going to start out on this, this heroic journey of entrepreneurship? Is there any, um, 
um, if you could, you know, write on a billboard, put a message in a bottle, send it back in time to somebody, you know, what would that look like um, for people that are just getting started on this? Yeah, start. Don't wait, start. Take that first step and the second step and the third step. And then now you've taken three steps in a row. Are you really going to stop there? No, take a fourth one and a fifth one and a sixth one. Going back to momentum, get it on your side. Start moving forward early. Don't be afraid of crashing into something because those obstacles are sitting out there waiting for you. Mm. Get right up close to them so you can see them and you know what you're dealing with. Uh, Then you know what type of education you need to get or what type of tools you need to add to your repertoire. So get started. Start moving forward. Don't wait. Um, that's, That's the biggest thing I would say. I talk to so many people that have great ideas that they never launch and they never implement and they just sit on them. And I feel terrible for them because I know that that's going to be a bitter regret 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be an old man that can't do something anymore. Wishing I would have pulled the trigger sooner in life and would have tried at least tried. Is that like a, a mental model or a, uh, like a, a, a daily buff that you go through where there's a moment that you go to do a thing and not only do you have that voice that sits in your shoulder that says, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, and you have the other, your better self going, no, we figured this out, we'll figure this out, but then is there another voice or a mental set where you actually picture yourself, you know, beep, beep, beep on your deathbed going, if I don't take this action, I'll regret it? Is that something that you do? Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a frame of mind or a perspective that I take where I go, okay, don't be scared. Jump in. You don't want to regret not taking this opportunity. Mm, that's an interesting trigger. Um, yeah. Because, I don't know, if... So, throughout throughout my training career, I've had multiple different injuries or setbacks or different things. And you, you start to realize things you're taking for granted. Right? Mm. Um, about a year ago, I started to develop pretty severe arthritis in my hands and feet. Um... It took away my ability to run completely for a long time, and my hands started to lock up on me, so I could barely even lift weights. I mean, I was like using straps and Velcro and strapping things to my arms to try and work out because I couldn't hold on to anything. And exercise and fitness and this thing that had been such a big part of my life was taken away from me. I couldn't do it anymore. And like, I was so frustrated, and there were so many goals I wanted to accomplish that I hadn't done yet. And I was like, I, I, I want to go run this race. I want to do this triathlon. I want to try this other thing. And it was when I couldn't do it that I realized how much I wanted to do it, right? But yeah. when it when it was readily available to me, I didn't really care. Kind of, I see the same thing with people going on a diet, right? When you go on a strict diet, all of a sudden, man, I really want that pizza. Man, I really want this slice of cheesecake. But like. When's the last time I had a slice of cheesecake in general? It's been years since I had cheesecake. But as soon as I tell myself you're not allowed to, now it's all I want. Yeah. Right? So that same thing applies in life. When you reach the point where you can't do something, you realize how bad you want it. So I try and preemptively do all those things before I'm unable to. Does how that make sense? How so? Like in terms of that, you – well, there's, there's two things to touch on. Yeah. One, uh, what happened to the arthritis? Um, yeah. And then two, you preemptively do things. So you eat an entire cheesecake and you say, okay, no more cheesecake for the rest of my life. Or what does that look like? No. Okay. Maybe I did do a good job of illustrating that point. So as far as the arthritis, the big thing there was, um, I had to stop kickboxing and doing jujitsu and MMA and all that stuff. And I'm still working through getting able to train 
the way I want to. And I've actually been treating that with turmeric. So turmeric's a really good natural anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. I've been, it. oh man, I don't want to get started talking about insurance and our healthcare system and all that stuff because it's more than very frustrating. <laughs> uh, I had a long frustrating road of going to one doctor, getting referred to the next, going to a podiatrist who referred me to an orthopedist who referred me to a rheumatologist that I couldn't get into for six months, but I couldn't go to a different rheumatologist because I had a specific referral to that one doctor. And it was a lot of hoops to finally get put on a medication that did nothing for me. It was very frustrating. So I ended up just going and getting a second and third opinion and paying doctors out of my own pocket to try and find some answers and going down this road. And I just didn't get any answers. Um, I tried some pretty gnarly drugs. I went on some pretty serious drugs to the point where I was going in every two weeks and getting my blood drawn to make sure my liver wasn't shutting down from the drugs they had me on. Wow. Um, I had points where I couldn't drive because I would get um, vertigo spells. And I was like, this is not how I want to live my life. And this is not worth removing the pain in my hands and feet, right? The trade-offs just weren't there. Yeah. So luckily a friend reached out to me and said, Hey, I saw your post on social media. Um, I hear you got some problem with your hands and feet. I've got a company, I've got a product. I think it could really help you. And I'm like, Oh man, is this another person pushing some kind of snake oil? Yeah. That's, that's just another like over promise under deliver thing. But it was a good friend from a long time ago. So I, I took him up on his offer. I went down. He has a, a lab here in Irvine. I went down to the lab, and they had taken turmeric mm-hmm. and refined it down to its active ingredient, curcumin. And then they'd taken a sugar molecule, cyclodextrin, and used that to make it water-soluble. So if you've ever had turmeric before, it's like a ground-up root. It's very yeah. thick and powdery and sludgy. And your body doesn't absorb it super well. So a lot of times there's different ingredients they add as a catalyst to help unlock it. And black pepper is one of them. So a lot of times you'll see black pepper in with turmeric because they have a synergistic effect. They work better together. That's what they do at juice bars. Exactly. You'll you'll see that at the juice bar. Uh, What they did, though, is they just bypassed all that with science. They just used this cyclodextrin to break open the curcumin and make it water soluble so you can absorb it and it works way better so i started taking that just okay i'm gonna put my faith in you you say this is gonna work i'm gonna take it and after a few weeks i felt remarkably better wow and so a few more weeks it worked even better and um i've been taking it ever since so that's actually another side business we spun out from there i was like man this stuff works great but what can we do with it Mm -hmm. so we've started a company called live true that's actually a recovery beverage. And you could picture like a, like a vitamin water, right? It's lightly flavored. Sure. Water fortified with vitamins and turmeric to be anti-inflammatory and help you recover. So whether you're working out hard and your muscles and joints are sore and you need to recover, or if you're just dealing with your body being banged up, that extra turmeric in there is really gonna give you a lot of benefit, make you feel a lot better. What's the daily dose on it, and how often do you, how how much do you need to take it? How often before you see the actual physical benefits? So that's going to vary from person to person, and I don't want to give like a prescriptive advice sure, because that's sure. not my wheelhouse. That's we're, not my strength. We're not doctors, and yeah. we don't pretend to be ones. Yeah. Yes. So, um, 
for for someone to feel an effect, I you'll feel an effect just drinking one bottle of Live True. Now the mm. amount of turmeric that's in there, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's a. I'm gonna get the unit of measure wrong. Twenty milligrams, twenty micrograms, twenty grams. 20 of something, so, 20 of something. Sure. So whatever that unit of measure is. Um, the thing about the curcumin that we put in there mm-hmm. is because we've made it water soluble, the bioavailability is drastically increased. So you're getting almost all of what the dosage says on the bottle versus when your body has to process the raw turmeric to get the curcumin out of it. Yeah. You're getting about one twelfth. Wow. Okay. So so much more bioavailability. So you, yeah. need, you need much less to have an effective yeah. dose. So, and then for myself to treat my arthritis, I'm actually taking a concentrate. I don't just drink Live True. I actually take a concentrated dose that's about like drinking 10 bottles at once. But you wouldn't just sit there and drink 10 bottles of water. You'd be super bloated. So I just have a very concentrated bottle that I use. Um, Where does, uh, how do people find the Live True? So Live True is available on Amazon or at drinklivetrue.com. We're coming into more and more grocery stores. I don't think I should probably name them on the podcast yet because those are all getting finalized. But there's some very big chain grocery stores that we're getting into as well as distribution through gas stations and convenience stores coming very, very soon. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, So, you know, all about it seems like so much of what you do is all about just leveling up people in all their ways and helping them kind of get better. So you're kind of a perpetual um, mentor on these phases and of your journeys. Um, is there a certain time or that you know that it's right for someone to switch from being a doer to being a mentor? Is mm. there is there like a, a, a switch that happens or is it, you know, when you sell your business or what does that, what does that look like to, to, to know that you're ready to be a mentor? So one, I don't know if I'm far enough along on my journey that I've developed the skill to know that yet, right? But I would say that when you start teaching, you really learn more because if you can't teach it to someone, you don't really understand it. Mm. So going back to martial arts and things like that, um, at a certain point, they make you start teaching the kids in the lower belts Mm. because you have to really understand it on a deeper level to teach it and it makes you analyze what you do. We talk about being a mirror and looking at yourself more clearly. Yeah. So with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that's a hundred percent true. Um, you might be able to pull a move off on someone over and over and over again, but you get a much more nuanced, detailed understanding of it when you teach it to someone that's never done it before. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. What's interesting about that is like, if you want to earn double experience points, teach it as soon as possible so that you can learn it better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so every time, I, I come on a podcast and, and speak with someone about what I do. I get this, like I, I analyze myself and I get this clearer picture of myself. And I'm like, I didn't realize that I do that, but that's really valuable knowledge and I'll be more aware of it going forward. Or I'll consult for a new business and there's something that I do and I've never asked myself why I do it that particular way. And they ask me and I have to defend myself. And in that defense of why I do things the way I do, either I learn more about it or I go, wow, that's really dumb. Thank you for highlighting that. I'm going to discard that habit and I'm going to put something better in its place. That's awesome. Um, yeah, with it, I always think that, you know, whenever anybody's on a topic, 
or you're whether we're having a conversation or we're you know on a business working something together we're almost like there's this dark mountain and we all have flashlights and we're all standing around on different sides and the more people that can stand around and shine a light the more we can kind of describe to each other what that entire mountain looks like whether it's okay. someone's persona or uh, a problem that someone's working on in the business so much like you're flagging your friends because hey i kited all these monsters it helps to kind of uh, get that back up um one thing uh, you, you talked about this, some, some very small tasks that you can do that seems to be a great benefit to you. So the, the you know, being consistent, um, making checklists and crossing them off. Uh, even this, um, uh, this turmeric um, um, uh, shots that you have, uh, these are all the daily micro buffs that you do yeah. that really help you throughout the day. Or do you have any other things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that could be small or a small investment that you've made um, that has major dividends or returns for you? Yeah. So one thing that's really closely related to that that I want to promote to people right now is habit hacking. Mm. So if you have a new habit that you're trying to build, that daily buff that you want to attach, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's uh, um, saying three goals you have for yourself for that day or whatever, tie it to something you already do and combine the two. So you're piggybacking off a habit you already have. So, um, a lot of times when we get injuries, doing those rehab exercises are boring and monotonous and we kind of sort of do them sometimes, but you don't stick with them. So I recommend to a lot of people at the gym, tie it to brushing your teeth. So if you're supposed to do a shoulder exercise to strengthen your rotator cuff and come back from that injury, mm-hmm. and I run into people like, hey, did you do your exercise for your shoulder this week? They say, oh, I was going to, but I got busy and work and whatever. I say, okay, put a five pound dumbbell in your bathroom, and every time you brush your teeth, do 15 reps on each arm. And all of a sudden, wow, I'm doing 15 reps twice a day now, because if you don't brush your teeth twice a day, we got more than just uh, business and entrepreneurship to worry about. We got some serious hygiene stuff to worry about Gum too. Disease. Yeah. But attaching it to something you already do um, yeah. can really, really be helpful. So whether it's a physical one or maybe a mental one, like if you know that you have a lot of doubt, mm-hmm. maybe you need some positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. So you can either write them out, say them out loud or think them to yourself. But every time you brush your teeth, Maybe think of three things you've done that day that you've accomplished. So you can look at your checklist and say, hey, I'm making progress. I'm moving forward and get that internal momentum going. That'd be a really interesting exercise. If you, you know, were to kind of sit down and go, okay, I'm going to list out kind of where I want to go, whatever those things might be. And you identify the habits that want to get you there. It could be physical, it could be entrepreneurship, it could be spiritual, whatever those things are, but you know those are all habits you want to start. But then you sit down and you you make a list. What are things that I do on a consistent weekly basis or daily basis that I know no matter what I do, maybe it's I floss all the time or maybe it's I do those things. And then you could just literally draw a line between those ones and say, okay, this one will stack with this and this one will stick with this and this will stick with this and I'll make a commitment of 30 days to do that so that I can How powerful would that be and how quickly would you incorporate those new habits into your daily ritual. That's so interesting. Uh, I had uh, uh, a friend of mine, Mama Bear, known as Teresa. Uh, uh, she does a lot of, um, uh, well, she does soul alchemy. She helps people get okay. better. I, she identifies um, you know, traumas in people's lives. And one thing I, I felt there's a corollary here is that she has a trigger sheet where you write down you know, the, the, the triggers 
the negative beliefs around them and what you want to do. But she, what she does is she's a like a rock climber, and what she she does is she's familiar with these paths, and in her mind she climbs certain paths over and over again, and there's spots on the path where she knows that there's this where it splits, and there's the low road that's easy, and then there's this up road that is harder, and in her mind when she actually gets triggered, she she thinks about. I'm, I'm literally going to go up the harder road, but because she's taken that path so many times in her mind on that road, she then stacks that this is a bad pattern, but I'm, I'm used, I have faith that I've been able to do this with rock climbing, so she goes up that pattern. It sounds like you're doing, that would be something similar, yeah. um, more on habit stacking than negative triggers. Yeah, definitely. Wow. A mental rehearsal also is super powerful. You, say, um, you don't do a lot of affirmations, but you think mental rehearsals. What, what's different between the two? So, so an affirmation, I guess, is, uh, I don't know, telling myself a positive thing about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, don't, I don't do that. Like I said, I, I feed more off of negative energy and fear mm-hmm. to drive myself forward than positive stuff. Um, but mental rehearsal is I'm doing something I've never done before. I'm going into pitch to a company in an industry I've never worked with before. So my fear Mm -hmm. drives me to research as much as I can about this company. And then mental rehearsal comes into play. I start imagining the questions they're going to ask me and how I'm going to answer them. Or what are the problems I could encounter? What's best case scenario? What's worst case scenario? Let's run through these. And then that gives me confidence when I go in for real that I've handled the situation 20 different ways already. You're mentally routing yourself, so yeah. So you make that you make the mental habit, so that it becomes a physical habit, so then it happens. Yes, that's awesome. Um, so uh, this has been wonderful. If people want to find you, get a hold of you, reach out to you um, um, for the products that you build, or helping them with an online social presence, how how do they find you? So I'm pretty much found the same way on all different social media platforms. It's at Ben Moreland, B E N M O R E L A N D. Um, if you're here in Southern California, Orange County, my gym is Be More Athletics. We're located in Santa Ana, California. We'd love to have you come by and visit for a workout. Um, yeah, those are the, the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, whatever, whatever you want. I'm on all of them. Beautiful. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it was great being on. Thanks, Dylan. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any comments, suggestions, or feedback on how to improve the podcast, I would cherish that. Please give me an email or shout out at dylan at heroesofreality.com. That's D-Y-L-A-N at heroesofreality.com. Stay strong, young adventures. Until next time.